Welcome to Fearless Mom. We are finishing up our two-week series on being strong, being resilient, focusing on our verse. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. We know that our job as moms, our responsibility, our privilege is to raise up strong, resilient kids. We also know that the best way we can raise strong and resilient kids is to understand how we can be and become strong and resilient ourselves. And so we're going to talk more. Last week, we talked about what it looks like and feels like to be clothed with strength and dignity. And today, we're going to focus on how and why we can laugh without fear of the future. And so I'm going to ask you to laugh only at the appropriate times, okay? Only when I mean to be funny, not when it's an accident, okay? Everybody got it? Yeah, got it? Okay, great. But before we get started, we want to welcome in our online moms. Online moms, if you are watching or listening, we we are thrilled that technology has connected us. You may be watching or listening with a group, or you may be by yourself, but we want to remind you that you are not alone. There's a group of moms in Austin, and we are cheering you on. We believe in you, we are with you, and we are for you, and we're thrilled that you are with us today. So let's pray and get started. God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for this time. I thank you for this room. I thank you for technology that allows us to connect with so many moms. I ask right now, God, that you make your presence felt and known, that you settle our hearts and our minds and open our eyes and our ears to see and hear what you want us to learn today, to be the moms that we were created to be so that we can raise up these kids to be who you created them to be. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Now, years ago, I bought a dress um, that was turquoise. It was super lightweight. It was turquoise with gold spots. It almost looked like, I know it sounds attractive, doesn't it? The, when I describe it, it, it was really cute, I promise. But um, it almost looked like cheetah or leopard print, but it was turquoise with gold spots on it. And the gold spots weren't really just painted on or imprinted onto the fabric. It was actually not real 14 karat gold or anything, but it was gold thread woven into the fabric. So I loved it. It was super lightweight, and you guys already know about me. My clothing is chosen for comfort, okay? And so it, it was so comfortable, so easy to wear, but I did notice this one thing about it, that every time I wore it, wherever I sat, when I got back up, there was gold thread there. I started shedding, and if I hugged someone, or if I, even I was close to someone, I noticed there was gold thread on them, and I would try to get off like nobody noticed, you know, but I noticed every time I wore it, I left gold thread in my path, and you know what I was thinking? That our attitudes and our dispositions are a lot like that gold thread. If you think about it, then every time you get close to someone, every time you contact or you come in contact with or you interact with someone, you leave a little bit of yourself with them. So as fearless moms, we are going to be intentional about, we're going to take responsibility for what we leave when we come in contact or interact with someone. I'm going to tell you that if a strong woman is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future, then when we come in contact with or when we interact with someone, then we can be a source of joy, peace, and hope for that person. We can leave with them. When I interact with someone, when I finish a conversation, for instance, with Joy right here, then when I walk away, I should have left some gold thread with her. I, she should have a little bit more hope, a little bit more joy, a little bit more peace. Because whether you believe that the Bible is God's word and all these verses we say are true or not, everybody I know is looking for a little more peace, a little more hope, a little more joy. And so we can embrace that, and we can leave gold thread wherever we go. Spread gold thread. Turn to your neighbor and say, spread gold thread. 
She is clothed with strength and dignity. She laughs without fear of the future. It's important to be intentional about that. We said last week about your inner attire, not just your outer attire, your inner attire, because what you're wearing is what you're sharing. I'm gonna say that again. What you're wearing is what you're sharing. And so, are you spread, do you spread gold thread? Or are you sharing a lot of dingy lint with the people around you? <laughs> I mean, I was trying to think of what is the opposite of gold thread. And all I could think of was lint. When you get it out of the dryer, you know, and um, it's sometimes, like if your hands are wet, it's kind of sticky. That is the opposite of gold thread to me. So I have a decision to make. I can be intentional with every interaction that I have today. I can be intentional about not just the people I see, but how about the people I live with, the people I love the most. I want to spread gold thread in my life, in my home, everywhere that I go. I want to leave people with a little more hope, a little more joy, a little more peace. That's our job. That's our responsibility. This is not about feeling guilty. If you're a dingy lint girl and you're thinking, you know, oh my word. I mean, everybody in my family is coated with dingy lint this morning. Today is a new day, okay? Uh, you know, after lunch, a whole new day. Let's call it a whole new day. You can choose to be intentional about what you spread moving forward today. And God is a God of second chances, and he gives us grace, and you have to extend that grace to yourself. Embrace the responsibility and make choices about what you spread to your family and to those around you. Um, as we talk about what we leave behind and being intentional about being clothed with strength and dignity and today laughing without fear of the future, it's important to understand why we are focusing on laughter and joy and hope and peace. All research shows that you cannot separate emotional health from academic achievement, emotional health from physical health. It is related to everything you do, your posture, the what you say, how you feel, a lot has to do with your emotional health. So as fearless moms, we embrace the responsibility for our emotional well-being. And it is a process. It's not a one and done. Yes, I went to a counselor in 1995 and I'm a new woman. No, some of you were born in 95 probably. Oh, that's depressing. Uh, <laughs> It's not, I embrace, I embrace my role right now as the mature one. Um, but we have to embrace the responsibility from our emotional health and we have to acknowledge that we are leaving um, an impression on our children. And if I wanna raise a strong and resilient child, I gotta be strong and resilient myself. If I, I can be afraid, I can feel afraid, but I can't parent afraid and I can't live afraid. So we're gonna dive in today and we're gonna look at just how to do that. Because again, staggering statistics about the um, anxiety in the world today, about young adults, not just that, but it's hitting earlier and earlier. Ages five and six, girls are showing signs of anxiety. Guys, that we can look at it and we can be worried about it or we can look look at it and say, okay, what can I do? Are there choices I can make and actions I can take to make things better? And that's what we're gonna focus on. You can read those statistics and be overwhelmed by them or you can be empowered by them. And we're gonna be educated and we're gonna be empowered because we can control a lot of what we spread. We can control if we are spreading hope, joy, and peace, or if we are spreading fear and shame. So she laughs without fear of the future is our emphasis today. Let's read our verse up here. We're gonna read the highlighted words together. Proverbs 31:25 says, she is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. Laughter is important. You know I love research. You know I love science, especially when it backs what the Bible says. So I'm gonna give you some facts about the power of laughter, the benefits of laughter. The social benefits, I'm gonna tell you, are fairly obvious. Um, people are attracted to other joyful people, to people who laugh a lot. Um, I love this statistic, though. 
91% of families who play games report that playing games together improves their mood, even 13 to 17-year-olds. The more a family plays games together, the more satisfied the parents feel in their parenting. So if you are feeling, especially this is a great one to pull husbands in. Mac, I say this all the time, he did not come home and say, you know what I've been thinking about all day? I just wanna play Candyland. I've been dying to play Candyland today. But he saw the value in it and I think it empowered him and he felt like a good dad when he did. So if you wanna feel productive, play a game. I think it helps everyone. And there's no way you can play a game without laughing, no way. Um, and usually Mac and I were laughing at each other, especially at Candyland, because he totally harassed me. Okay, and then the health benefits. We know this, lower standing blood pressure, the increase of vascular blood flow and oxygenation of the blood. Laughter reduces epinephrine, cortisol, and dopamine, which are the stress hormones. Um, it also can defend against respiratory infections. I love, this was a study done at Texas, at Texas Tech. Yeah, I knew I'd get a, a one from Ashley. Texas Tech, um, they evaluated the medical benefits of laughter and they found that patients who were suffering with chronic pain actually, when after they would watch um, a funny clip, a funny movie, 20 minutes of something humorous, they actually had a higher pain threshold and a higher pain tolerance. So there's so many physical benefits. This is my favorite one. Um, laughter gives a workout to the diaphragm and abdominal respiratory, facial, leg, and back muscles. What I'm trying to say is, you watch a funny show, check off your workout. I love it, okay? The cognitive and mental benefits of laughter. It improves alertness, creativity, and memory. Um, Johns Hopkins uh, Medical School found that humor during instruction led to increased test scores. Now, I love this one. I use this um, study all the time. It, laughter stimulates both sides of the brain. There was a study done with a problem-solving activity. So you had two groups and they gave them a problem-solving activity, the same problem-solving activity. To this group, they had watched like a bloopers video before they went in. To this group, they had like math and calculus and problem-solving. This group, when they went in, 75% of them were able to solve the problem. This group over here, 25%. 25%, what I'm trying to say is, if your child struggles with math, take a break from it and do something fun. You know, I always think, have a snack, <laughs> but, um, but do something funny. It is incredible how it settles the heart, it settles the mind, it makes people feel at ease, and you can be more productive, not less productive. Humor is obviously fun, but it's good for your physical, emotional, social, and intellectual health. And you're like, yeah, but we're just not really funny. I mean, but guess what? Um, you can find a funny book. You can find a joke book. You can find a funny TV show. Find some laughter and implement it into your home and into your life and into your marriage. She laughs without fear of the future. I love laughter. I'm not saying, though, that a strong, resilient woman is never sad. You can laugh without fear of the future and still be sad sometimes and still be afraid sometimes. We want to acknowledge that fear and, and deal with the fear. We just don't want to live in the fear. So you can feel afraid and not live afraid. You can feel afraid and not parent afraid. We say it all the time in Fearless Mom. Our responsibility is to parent toward a vision, to live toward a vision instead of away from a fear. Parents say things like this all the time to me. I don't want my child to live in fear. So odds are, if I focus on what I don't want, I'm so fearful, I don't want my child to be fearful, then now I'm afraid of being afraid, and I'm afraid of being afraid and making my child afraid. It's not very productive, is it? And so I acknowledge that that is a, a weakness of mine. I am Miss WCS, worst case scenario, we'll get to that in a minute, but I can always be afraid of something. I'm the kind of person that watches America's Most Wanted, and I definitely recognize everybody on the show. 
And like there is a child that was kidnapped. And I'm like, you know that girl, she brought that baby in. Did anyone see her pregnant? Do we know that that's hers? I, I can get in my head. And so I know that about myself. And so if I'm not careful, if I'm not intentional, then I just pass on my fears. My job is to spread gold thread, to spread positive, to spread hope, to spread joy, to spread peace. I, I can be afraid. I acknowledge, I'm not gonna act like I'm never afraid. I'm never afraid. I'm, no, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I acknowledge it, but I don't live in it. I acknowledge it, but I don't parent out of it. We are not supposed to live in or parent out of fear. The definition of fear, the feeling, everybody say feeling. The feeling caused by the belief, everybody say belief. The feeling caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, harmful, unpleasant, it is an emotional response to a perceived threat. It is a feeling or an emotion. Feelings are real, but feelings are not reliable. So I identify my feeling, but I don't live in or parent of, out, of, out of it. So here's what Dr. Uh, he's not, I don't, is he Dr. Thomas? I don't know. David Thomas is a counselor, and he's actually coming to the Fearless Mom Conference this year. And he's the one, I believe I heard it from him, where he said about feelings. It was such a great illustration and easy for a person like me to picture. Let's take fear, for example. I have fear about certain things. So I want to acknowledge my fear. I don't want it in the trunk of my car. I don't want to act like it's not there, act like it never happened, but nor do I want it in the front seat driving my car. I don't want to drive my decisions. I don't want fear to be my motivator. I don't want it in the trunk. I don't need to ignore it. I don't want it in the front seat driving. I want it in the back seat, strapped in, <laughs> strapped in. And so I acknowledge it, it's part, but it doesn't drive my decisions. I acknowledge my feeling, but it doesn't drive my decisions. Isn't that a great illustration? If you have fear, most moms, actually, I don't know a mom who's like, I mean, I'm awesome at this. My kids are amazing, and I'm pretty sure it's because of me. <laughs> and, and here's the deal. Every mom I know is afraid, is afraid, am I doing enough? Am I giving them the right foods? I told y'all that about someone asked me, you know, what do you, uh, is this good brain food for your child? I read a study on this. I read it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I definitely counted Cheetos as dairy, vegetable, starch. Uh, the whole trying food pyramid was Cheetos for Joe. But we can all, if you start thinking about it, I'm afraid, am I doing enough? Am I parenting enough? Am I preparing them enough? Am I arming them in the right way? Am I spreading dingy land? Oh my word, I don't wanna, stop. Put it in the back seat. And now parent toward what you want, where you want to be going. Because a strong woman can feel fearful and act fearless. I can feel fearful. I'm not gonna act like I'm never afraid. I can feel fearful and act fearless. Let me give you an example. When Emily went to middle school, our neighborhood, everybody rode the bus, and our neighborhood was curvy, and our middle school was down a curvy street as well. I knew that Emily was gonna get car sick on the first day of middle school, sixth grade. I convinced myself she's gonna get car sick, she's gonna vomit, they're going to make fun of her, she's gonna be devastated, she will never wanna go back to school. Oh my word, I'm gonna have to homeschool. Okay, I'm not, I, I, this is gonna change my life. She doesn't wanna be homeschooled, she likes, I got in my head. And so I'm like, uh, back seat. I was afraid, but this is what I did. Have a great day. Remember, if you start feeling nauseous, don't look down, you know. And I armed her and I let her go. All day, y'all, I was a wreck. I was, I was thinking, I wonder if she vomited. Surely they would call me if she vomited. And I'm thinking, surely she would, it was before, you know, she didn't have a phone or anything. But I had that fear and it was real, but I didn't pass it on to her. I mentioned it. <laughs> and I armed her and then was like, okay. And then I have to play it out like this. What if she does? What if she does? She'll be stronger for it. I realized that that will be a story that she can tell one day when she is sharing about fear. And, or how about this one? Joseph, when he was a senior in high school, um, actually, it was, yeah, it was right before his senior year, he said, I'm not gonna play basketball this year. I'm gonna um, audition for the musical. And uh, my friends and I, we're all gonna do it. It's gonna be so fun. And I'm thinking, 
that's amazing. You've never been on stage by yourself before. And I think, why would you, what, what? And so inside, I was fearful of him being disappointed. We don't want our kids to be disappointed. I was fearful of his um, not liking this decision. And I felt fearful. But man, I put on my big girl pants and I acted fearless. I said, that is amazing. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, what is he doing? I thought, you're gonna have so much fun. But what I wanted to do, and I actually played this out in my head. Now, I want you to think through this. You know, what if you don't make it? What if you don't, don't we do that? We prepare our children. Now, actually what I was doing, dingy lint, dingy lint. And so I was like, gold thread. Joe, that's amazing, that's amazing. And FYI, he got the lead. And um, yes, it was Shrek, and there were 47 scenes, and he was in 44. So my child, who had never been on stage by himself before, had nine solos. <laughs> yeah, big solos. Sometime I'll share the DVD. Because um, it was amazing. And the whole time, I'm watching him up there. Y'all, this is my kid who didn't speak till he was three, who didn't, and I'm sitting there going, what are we doing? What are we doing? Angela Woodbridge is up there. She was his choir teacher. She was probably thinking, what is happening here? Um, and, but guys, I mean, it was so empowering to him. And I almost talked him out of it. And going to middle school on that bus was Emily's favorite thing. And I almost talked her out of it. We can feel fearful and act fearless. Turn to your neighbor and say, spread gold thread. Spread gold thread. This is what fear does to us. It's not easy, guys, acting fearless when you feel fearful. And some people struggle with it more than others. And some people need to reach out and get professional help. We all need to reach out and see, is this illogical? You know, am I, were you thinking this? And, and sometimes I'll have friends, and I definitely have friends in different stages of my life. And I'll say to Ashley Horn, whose kids are much younger than mine, I'll go, is this kind of crazy? And sometimes lovingly she'll go, yes. <laughs> yes, that is completely illogical and irrational. You know why? Because fear is the enemy of common sense. Fear is the enemy of common sense. And parenting requires common sense. We make decisions all day, every day, and we need to remove emotion and make them with our prefrontal cortex, not our amygdala. How science-y did I just sound? But we need to make those decisions with logic and rational thought, and fear interrupts that. Fear is the enemy of common sense. One of the things that it does, we are the best. I said last week that moms, we have PhDs in comparison. Am I right? I didn't even go to school for it. I'm just a natural I compare, you compare, we compare ourselves, we compare our lives, we compare our marriages to the detriment of our children, we compare our children to other people's children, PhDs in comparison. You know what else I have a PhD in? Man, can I catastrophize. Catastrophize. I can make anything a catastrophe. My little fear can become a catastrophe. I'm quick. I mean, if it were an Olympic sport, gold medalist right here. Because my daughter, for instance, went to school in South Carolina. She lived in Charleston, and um, there was a flood in Charleston. And don't worry about Emily. Every time she flooded, she went to my parents' house and ended up with new clothes. So, um, yeah, it was not a catastrophe for Emily. But one time she was with my family, with my parents in North Carolina, and she was trying to decide when she was going to get back to school. Well, I had watched the news to be informed, and I saw on a back road in Greenville, South Carolina, there was a sinkhole right in the middle of the road, right in the middle of the road. I called her, I said, do not get on the road. There are sinkholes. How many sinkholes did I see on the news? One, was it on Emily's route? No. Was it on a major highway? No, but I knew, I mean, Emily, do not get on the road. There are sinkholes and you will fall into the road. It will sink and your car will get stuck. Do you have your phone on just in case that happens? I'm like, Oh my word. And so fear, that's what it does. It catastrophizes. We lose all rational thought. I say we, because I know I'm not the only one, okay? I'm gonna go ahead and clump us together in that. We, our child, you know, Joe, slow to speak. I'm like, oh, what if he never talks? 
What, what if he never says a word? Okay, I can, I can do this. I have a special ed degree. I will learn how to communicate with, no, okay, calm down. Calm, that was irrational and illogical because fear is the enemy of common sense. It can get into our brains and catastrophize. Now, here's another one. If we are fearful, if we walk in fear, we assume and assign feelings to other people, thoughts and feelings to other people. Let me give you an example. So let's pretend that Deanne Wilson, who is, um, she works up here at the church. And let's say that I walk by Deanne in the hall and I say, hey, and she doesn't say, hey, back. Oh, what did I do? Okay, I'm trying to remember yesterday. Okay, I must, oh my word, I bet she's upset because I had someone over for dinner and I posted about it and she saw that I didn't invite her. Oh my gosh, I bet, oh my word, I hurt her feelings. And she's mad at me. Why is she mad at me? Just because I didn't invite her to dinner. How dare her be mad at me? So now when I walk back by her, I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, okay. Do you see, see what I just did? I, I made up an entire story and credited it to her. Now my actions are in response to a fabricated story. That did not even happen. You're laughing. That is the laugh of recognition. <laughs> I cannot be the only one who has had imaginary arguments with my husband. <laughs> and then he gets home and I'm just like, yeah, good to see you too. <laughs> And he's like, what happened? And I'm like, act like you don't know. (laughs) We assume and assign when we were living in that fear, man, I mean, I know I'm not the only person. I do know, Mac reminds me often that not everybody's brain works like mine, but I'm not the only one. I know I'm not. We assume and assign. This is our responsibility to acknowledge it and go, wait a minute. I need to deal with what is real. Sometimes I need to ask around to find out what's real. (laughs) Confession. Because it's so real to me in my head. And so I have to ask around. And that's when you have your good friends. Because self-awareness and, um, you know, growth, progress, requires honesty, humility, and community. I have to be honest with myself. I have to be humble enough to say maybe I misinterpreted. And I have to have community that will say, hey, that's a little wacky, okay? I love you, but I'm pretty sure fear is driving the car <laughs> right now. And so you need that community and you need to find out what is real. Deal with what is real. And I think when it comes to parenting, the most common responses when we are operating in that fear, when we're parenting out of that fear, are two things. And I'm gonna give you the two extremes. So if we parent out of fear, then the hazard is we white knuckle our children or we completely let go. So we're gonna talk more about that in our series on parenting posture and embracing the responsibility and what healthy authority does look like. But as we talk about fear today, and think, am I, is fear driving the car, driving my decisions? I want you to consider, do I try to hang on to everything or do I let go? Our responsibility is somewhere in the middle. It's finding, so if you can picture a grandfather clock, boom, the pendulum doing like this, you think something's wrong there. You know, this is what we're going for, the parenting pendulum. So yes, We are influential in our children's lives, but we don't control everything, particularly as they go. And so you're you're thinking, you know, actually right now I have an infant, I do control everything. But but you don't really, you don't. And we're gonna get to that in just a minute too because I think that one of the things as moms that we need to recognize um, early on is um, the responsibility to control what we can. So as we move into this, now we're gonna get some practical points. I want you to write them down. So how do we walk with strength and dignity? How do we um, laugh without fear of the future? Yes, we all have fears, fear of failure, fear of messing up, fear of um, dingy lint, fear of passing on genetic traits that you may don't wanna pass on. But I can acknowledge those fears, but how do I live over here? How do, I, how do I parent toward what I want? Instead of focusing on what I don't want, I want so badly to pass on strength and resilience. I want so badly to laugh without fear of the future. So how do we do this? A strong woman is confident in God's sovereignty. 
Confident in God's sovereignty. Sovereign means God is in control of everything. He created all things. He put them together and he is in control of all things. For me, that brings great peace. In addition to my deep breathing, in addition to my lowering my heart rate, then I remember he is in control always. God is in control. That calms me down. Let's look at the verse, Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He's the creator of all things. He's the keeper of all things, the sustainer of all things. He knows all things and he controls all things. Take a deep breath. He's got you. He's got you in the palm of his hand. He's got your child in the palm of his hand. The big God, the creator of the universe, he is sovereign and he's in control. And so when I remember that, it eases my mind. So how do I walk with strength and dignity? How do I laugh even when I'm afraid? God is in control. God is in control. Then second, a strong woman is confident in God's goodness. Confident in God's goodness. God is God and God is good. God is God and God is good. Romans 8, 28. We're gonna read it. I want you to read the highlighted words with me. And we know that God causes everything. Back up. Beep, beep. Here we go. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who are called. So here's the deal. Your situation, your circumstance, your fear, your uh, upbringing that you're trying to get away from, whatever it is that's, that's making you feel like I'm loaded down with dingy lint, I just can't move. Okay, God's gonna use that. That mistake you made, that season of mistakes you made, he's gonna use that for good. Now, embrace that he's gonna use that for your good, wait a minute, and trust that he's gonna use it for your child's good. I think that's harder. I can embrace Romans 8, 28 for me. I suffer harm, I suffer disappointment, I suffer hurt, I suffer pain, and I go, I know God's gonna use this. Whoa. Totally different ball game to trust that he's gonna use it for my child. I don't want my child to feel disappointment. I don't want my child to be hurt. I don't want my child to be uncomfortable, to be in pain. But if I believe Romans 8.28 for me, then I have to believe Romans 8.28 for my child. And that is significant. That is the only way that I can convince myself to allow my child to struggle. There's value in the struggle, we know that. I need to get comfortable with my child's being uncomfortable. I know that, I teach that. I don't want my children to be uncomfortable. But I know that God works everything together for good. And I cling to the fact that God is God and God is good. He is sovereign and he is good. So that is significant for me because here's what I know to be true. The biggest fear for most moms is mom failure. I'm gonna fail as a mom. I'm, I'm not good enough as a mom. I'm not doing it right. I'm not doing enough. That's my biggest mom fear. I haven't prepared them for adulthood. I haven't prepared him for kindergarten. I, I, there's failure here. I don't know if I made the right decision about this, about this, about this. Whether it is about breastfeeding or formula all the way to uh, what about the college that they chose. It, it's everybody in every stage, and it never goes away. Isn't that good news? You might wanna write that down. <laughs> it's not that, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you're not alone. That every mom I know feels that, they just don't live in it. There are some who choose to say, I know that is a fear of mine, but I'm not gonna parent out of that fear because if we're not careful then, when I do make a mom fail, which I will, I didn't prepare him or I, he, didn't have what he needed, or I yelled at them, hypothetically speaking, while the neighbors were standing at the front door and I just invited them to church. Hypothetical situation. So let's say that I did that big, you know, let's say it's a significant mom fail, significant. 
if I live here and don't allow God to redeem it, I'm more likely to repeat it. So if I live in this mom fail, now I get mom guilt. I get mom guilt and I feel so guilty. And I, I'm like, oh, it's not his fault, I did that to him. It's not her fault, I did that. Well, you know why he forgot his lunch? It was because I woke up late. It's my fault. Now my mom guilt will affect my parenting. Actually, remember how we said fear is the enemy of common sense? Guilt is the enemy of forward progress. How about I allow my child to take responsibility for his lunch even when I make a mistake? I can apologize and say, I'm sorry that I got up late. I'm sorry that I woke all of us up late, but um, you have a great day. I believe in you, and you can figure it out. Oh, that's hard. That is hard, especially when it's our fault. But I can't let my mom fear, and then my mom fail, turn to mom guilt, because guess what comes next? Mom shame. We go from fear to failure, guilt to shame. And shame is when I've now, it's not just I made a mistake, but I am a mistake. I wouldn't just, I made a bad mom decision, but I am a bad mom. And shame leads to isolation and leads to depression. And you can't parent with laughter and joy and peace and hope if you're feeling guilty and so guilty that you're living in shame. I gotta back all the way up. I'm fearful. I made a mistake. I'm feeling guilty about it. I'm so sorry, but I'm not gonna let that guilt take me to the next step. I'm gonna back up and say, okay, I'm fearful, but I'm gonna try so hard today not to make a mom fail. And by 8 a.m., I'm already going, uh-oh, uh-oh, and I apologize, and I move on because that's what we wanna teach our children. That's the resilience. The resilience that we talk about is not arming yourself to do great all the time. It's arming yourself to know how to respond when it's not great all the time. That's resilience. Resilience is, if you think about a tree, the wind blowing, and it bends the tree, but it doesn't break. It handles the wind, and then it comes back up. My children can handle my mistakes and then come back up. Actually, God says that he's going to use my mistakes for their good, and maybe they'll be even better. And so I can't get into that cycle. My job, my, I have control over that which leads me to the next thing. So I have to be confident in um, God's sovereignty and God's goodness, but I have to be comfortable with a strong woman is comfortable with her control and her lack of control. So a strong woman is aware of her control, is aware of what she can control, and becomes more comfortable with what she can't control. So I'm going to read to you our favorite verse. This is our verse for the year, Galatians 6, 4, and 5. And I want you to read the highlighted word with me. Pay what? Careful. Pay careful attention, which means be aware, be intentional, be purposeful. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. That's what we want to feel. Today I did a good job. And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. Read these highlighted words. For we are each responsible. You are responsible for your own conduct. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're responsible for your own self. You're responsible for your own self. So here's what I'm going to tell you. You can control more than you think you can. If you have a newborn, if you have an infant, you feel out of control with your sleep, <laughs> with your schedule. You're thinking, who am I? You know, you may feel out of control with your hormones. So when I'm feeling out of control, I am intentional about controlling what I can. You have a preschooler, and, and they've started showing their personality. That's what people say. It. You know, that's how people say it. Oh, he's showing his personality. I'm like, oh, is she? You know, showing that. I feel out of control. I told y'all before that my degree is special education, emphasis in behavior management. And I had a strong-willed blessing that defied every book I had ever read and every class I had ever taken. And I felt out of control. And so I started controlling what I could. And then I went to a counselor. And I got some help. And we highly recommend it. When you feel out of control, get help. You don't have to do it by yourself. I've told y'all that before, haven't I? That I went to the counselor and I said, do you think that she could um, be dealing with hormones? 
because that's what it felt like. If you have a strong-willed blessing, they're like super happy, super sad, super happy, super sad, super mad, super happy. And um, she said, no, but it could be your hormones. Um, so <laughs> I didn't go back. Um, <laughs> control what you can. I am responsible for what I can control. If you have a school-age child, a middle school child, you're like, I am completely out of control with our calendar. I can't control anything. I've tried to simplify. I don't know what to cut out. I'm doing my best. I feel out of control. Then control what you can. If you have a young adult, you realize now you control very little. The job of parenting is to pass the baton of control. And so once they are adults, you have no control over anything. And so I control what I can. I want you to consider if you are struggling with anxiety and worry and fear and you're feeling like dingy lint, dingy lint, dingy lint, like I can't get a handle on it. Stop and go, am I controlling everything I can? So think about what can I control and what can I not control? Let go of what you can't control. Put it out there. Be okay with it. And then go, what can I control? I can control what I watch on TV. I, for one, had to stop watching 2020 documentaries. And I definitely had to stop. Mac would go, not anymore, no more, no more. Because I'm like, this is based on a true story. I mean, even fictional things. And I am like writing down my neighbor's license plate numbers. I mean, it was a lot. Um, I felt like I was, I knew I was going to be, um, testifying because someone was murdered. And I heard that noise at 4.06 and I write it down. I mean, it's crazy, y'all. You laugh because it's irrational, but it was so real to me. It was so real to me. And so that's when I acknowledge like, okay, this may be a little much. And so I'm going to control what I can. I quit watching those shows, quit reading those books, quit reading. If that's something you fear, don't read every article that comes out about it. You don't need to know. I mean, it becomes bigger. We catastrophize, remember? And we make it bigger than it really is. Be educated, be informed, but don't let it drive your car. Don't let it drive your decisions. You can be afraid and not parent out of that fear. Um, control what you eat and drink. You cannot eat goldfish and gummy bears and binge on Netflix and get two hours of sleep and wake up the next day and walk around with strength and dignity. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. It, it, you need to it, be aware. Everybody's different. Everybody can handle different amounts. And just because your friend or your sisters can handle this doesn't mean you can. I mean, I'm not ashamed to say I need like nine hours of sleep, you know, kind of like when I was 12, <laughs> I need that, and that's okay. It is who I am. I mean, and so I know that when I don't get it, that my thoughts are gonna be irrational, and so I'm super controlling about everything else and remove things from my calendar. Everybody has a different threshold. Know your threshold. Be okay with your threshold and be okay and be intentional and control what you can. Scrolling on social media. Some people can do it all day and be like, I mean, that's amazing that they're so happy because I'm happy too. Other people, I mean, why is she so happy? She's not all that. Why is she? Oh, she thinks she is something, doesn't she? And now, mm -hmm, assuming a sign, am I right? So control who you hang around. Be aware, be intentional, be picky with your clicky. Have people around you who will speak truth to you and go, I love you and you're being wacky right now. So we need to get you a cup of coffee and then we're gonna plan your week and we're gonna cut out some things. Be, um, be that person. And then hang around people who are like that. Control how much you sleep. Don't feel bad, man. If you're a nap girl, take that nap. Embrace the nap. Um, I, I'm not a nap person. I just, like to, I just like to sleep really late. And my sister will be like, are you still asleep? I'm like, don't judge me. I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy with that. You go do your 5 a.m. workout. I'm happy for you <laughs> that you're doing that. That's amazing because I laughed for 30 minutes today and I'm good. <laughs> so, and then um, be intentional and control from whom you receive advice, how you spend your money, how you spend your time, how you spend your energy. Know how you respond to anxiety. Are you an anxious spender? Are you an anxious eater? Are you an anxious, you know, TV binger? Are you an anxious drinker? Be aware and take control of it. Say it out loud to somebody. Shame is like mold, it grows in the dark. Speak it. Speak your fear, and it doesn't have control over you. Um, a strong woman makes wise choices to get stronger and better. 
every day. I don't mean like, yes, man, I made a commitment three years ago. No, every day. I remind myself every day of what I can control. And I have friends in my life and my husband who says to me, you know what? Um, I think you need to take a step back and pick a couple of days to sleep in. I think you have some catching up to do, <laughs> you know? And so I listen. Honesty, humility, and community. I'm willing to take that. And it's not personal. He's trying to help me be my best self. I have friends, my mom, she definitely says it to me. I receive that and it's not personal. They, they love me and want me to be my best self. Make sure you have friends who do that for you. I'm comfortable with what I can control and what I can't. I'm also, also comfortable with the season I'm in. I recognize that mothering is a sequence of seasons. Mothering is a sequence of seasons. And if you're not enjoying the season you're in, it doesn't mean you're not enjoying motherhood. Maybe you don't like that season. I didn't love every season. I love being a mom. I didn't love, I'm not like, I love changing diapers, you know? I just love it. I didn't love potty training. It was super inconvenient for me. When Emily, you know, was ready to potty train, but I had Joe in a diaper, and I'm like, this is so much simpler if they're both in diapers, because Emily, when she was potty training, if she saw a stick person, she had to go to the bathroom. It was like she saw a restroom figure, and she was like, I need to go right now, it's an emergency. Mm -hmm. I'm like, if she hadn't seen, if they would cover those stick people, you know, then we could make it into Target and out of Target. But it was inconvenient for me. It was a season that I didn't enjoy. And so I probably just ate more. But I, I'm like, this is a season. Recognize the season you're in. It's not a forever season. It is not a forever season. So I can recognize what I control, control what I can, recognize that it's a season and look forward. You know, it's super important to have friends in other seasons. It changes your perspective. It changes your perspective. I tell the story all the time. My best friend, Ashley, is 10 years younger. Her children are significantly younger. When mine went off to college, I was devastated because all my friends, their kids were going off to college too, so we all got together. We were all devastated together. Life is terrible. Why do we educate them? Um, you know, this is not what it's cracked up to be. And Ashley brought her kids over, preschoolers, <laughs> And um, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. The empty nest is amazing, you know? So make sure you have people in other um, seasons so that you can, let's read this verse, Ecclesiastes 3.1. Read the key word with me. For everything there is a season, a time for everything, every activity under the heaven. So you may be thinking right now, man, I would love to just go get coffee whenever I wanted. I would get so frustrated when I had my little ones and Mac would call and say, hey, I'm gonna run, um, just get a cup of coffee and sit and read for a minute before I come home. I'm like, oh, must be nice. <laughs> but what did I do? Did I say anything? I had an internal argument and I was super mean when he got home. <laughs> super mean, yeah, yeah. What not to do, you know? Um, and so what, that wasn't Mac's fault that he was in a different stage, a different, you know, well, he was never home with the kids, but, but that he had a different job. He wasn't like, you know, showing me in my face, look what I can do. I can go to Starbucks, blah, 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 blah. He wasn't doing that. And so I had to recognize like, oh, obviously I feel the need to go to Starbucks sometimes by myself. So I'm just gonna ask him. He didn't care. He was like, sure, I'll let you go to Starbucks. So don't assume in a sign. Do what I say, not what I did, okay? Um, we recognize that motherhood is a sequence of uh, seasons. We are comfortable with our control and we're comfortable with our season. Here's the deal. We all wanna be the best moms we can be. We're here, we're watching, we're listening because we wanna be better, because we wanna be stronger. It looks different for everybody. But if you're not careful, you can take this lecture and now I'm afraid that maybe I am afraid. I'm afraid that I'm afraid and I'm making my kids afraid. What if I'm afraid that I'm afraid and I'm making my kids afraid and they make their kids afraid and I'm the worst grandmother too? Oh my word, generations of fear. I am now passing, stop, stop. Don't parent out of fear, parent toward a vision. I don't want a parent afraid. I know that. Tell me what you do want. What do you want a parent like? I want a parent with strength. I want a parent with dignity. I wanna leave gold thread. I want to empower my children with resilience. I want, tell me what you do want and now do something about that. Put fear in the back seat, strap him in. Look, boy, every mom's done that, get in. And go, 
Uh, if you have infants, just wait, okay? I mean, y'all saw that like I've really done that before, because maybe I have. But um, get in, and we're going. You drive. You control what you can. You do what you can. You remember, God is sovereign. God is good. There's a lot more that I can control. I'm gonna do my best to put my kids, I'm gonna do my best to help my kids get to their best. That's it. Parent toward what you do want. And everybody's different. Remember, we're fruit salad. Hey, apple, I'm pear. You're banana. We're orange. We love fruit salad. You do you. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your sovereignty and your goodness and that we can trust that you will use everything for my good, for my kids' good, for these moms' good, and your glory. We are grateful that you've called us to this task. We are grateful that you will give us what we need. Nudge us, remind us when we're irrational, when we're being driven by fear, when we're being driven by guilt. Help us see your desire is for us to walk with strength and dignity and laugh without fear of the future. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. We're gonna move into a time of reflection, just a couple of minutes. I want you to get out your notes. If you're watching, you're listening, I want you to set your timer, take a couple of minutes, because what we're gonna do is a little bit different today for our reflection. Remember, we take a moment to say, God, what did you teach me today? What can I do to be better, to be stronger today? What can I do to help my kids be better and stronger? But today, at this time during our reflection, we're gonna focus on just ourselves. What can you do to be better and stronger? So instead of saying she's clothed with strength and dignity, she walks without fear of the future, we know we all have different fears. So what do you want to parent with? I'm gonna ask you to write down this verse with the blanks. She is clothed with blank and blank, and she laughs without fear of blank. She is clothed. I don't know, what is it that you want? First of all, you maybe think, what is the opposite of fear for me? What is, maybe it's strength, maybe it's fight, maybe it's faith, maybe it's peace, hope, joy, patience. What is it? What do I want to communicate to my family? What do I wanna to do today to spread gold thread? What does that gold thread look like for you? She is clothed with blank and blank, and she laughs without fear of blank. What's your fear? Write it down. Write it down, fear of failure, fear of messing up, fear of rejection, fear of being isolated. Whatever it is, write it down, give it life. Put it, li not give it life, give it light. Because we know shame is like mold, it grows in the dark. Nobody has to look at this. This is for you to say, I'm acknowledging it. This is my fear and I'm putting it in the back seat. Uh, if it's in the trunk, you're acting like you're not afraid, it's not helpful. I acknowledge it. I strap it in. It's not driving, it's in the back seat. She is clothed with blank and blank, and she laughs without fear of blank. Let's pray. God, you have designed us to walk with strength and dignity. You've called us to empower our children with strength and emotional resilience. Help us see what we can do to be strong ourselves, what we can do to develop emotional resilience ourselves. Give us the courage to be honest, to be humble, and to put light onto our shame so that it no longer controls us. We are grateful, God, that you love us and that you're for us. In Jesus' name, amen.